0: Hey, this is Dave Debo. Would you like to access private capital so that you can buy more properties and scale your real estate business? Then check out my brand new podcast. It's called the How to Raise Capital 101 Show. Now, the first nine episodes are a mini course on how to raise six figures in a matter of weeks and seven figures in a matter of months, even if you're starting from scratch. So you can find this new show. Again, it's called the How to Raise Capital 101 Show wherever you listen to podcasts or feel free to visit us at raisecapital101show.com. Hey there, Dave Debo here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And have you ever thought about the partners that you could have or that you should have when it comes to real estate investing? No, I'm not just talking about joint venture partners or money partners. I'm talking about business partners. And today's guest April Crossley, is going to be taking a deep dive into this. And April is a very accomplished real estate entrepreneur. She is a definite go-getter. Her bio is very, very impressive. You know, April has definitely not born with a silver spoon in her mouth. In fact, if you don't mind me sharing, April, I'll just tell a little bit about my memory of your backstory. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But she was a single mom at age 16, Mm -hmm. went back to school, became a nurse got into that, supported her, you know, had to go through paying off college debt and all that stuff that comes with that. I'm familiar with that as well, April. My wife is a nurse, so I understand secondhand exactly what you went through there. And she was a single mom at the time. And she did all of that, brought up her son, got inspired, started investing in real estate in 2004, starting doing flips, quite quickly replaced her J-O-B income, quit being a health professional focused on real estate investing full-time and has grown an impressive portfolio, not just using other people's money, but also bringing on business partners. So April, hopefully I did you justice there with that little uh, intro. And thank you so much for being on the show.
1: That was perfect. Thanks for having me. That was great.
0: All right. So first of all, let's just back up for a second. And what? how would you define a business partner in real estate investing? What what does yeah. that look like for you?
1: It's really interesting. I had this discussion the other day with someone. I feel like it can be, be defined in a bunch of different ways, but someone that definitely balances whatever your weaknesses are in business, okay? For sure. And I would say it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to own an LLC with them. A lot of people think, oh, to have a business partner, I have to create an LLC with them. And you mentioned in the beginning about joint venture and there's joint venture agreements and all the kinds of things you can use that I tell people, don't jump into forming an LLC right away because then you're kind of like married to that person. You're doing tax returns together and everything. So it can be something from very simple paperwork drawn up by an attorney to actually creating an LLC. And I've kind of done a little bit of all of that.
0: So what would you say, looking back on your real estate journey, who was your first business partner? And what did that partnership look like? If you don't mm,
1: So my first, I would say my first business partner, other than my husband, yeah. <laughs> was someone that I did a flip project with and it didn't go well. I mean, I think when you're young and naive and you partner with someone because they need something you have and you need something they have and you don't really think through it. You just kind of jump and you don't hash out everything. And it was on a flip project. So we didn't even hash out like clearly in writing, who's going to list this project on the market when it's done, your agent, my agent, who's going to be responsible for the contractor, who's going to be responsible for the money.
0: So so what was the idea of that first business, that pr- first business partnership? Was that more of a joint venture or was was it a contractor? What was the role? Yeah,
1: it was more of a joint venture where someone was bringing the deal and the contractor and I was bringing the money and the knowledge base because they had less experience than what I had.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Now let's fast forward a little bit. And what do business partnerships look like for you now?
1: So now I'm really bring on business partners that, If I'm interested in doing something like, for example, we bought a mobile home park in Tennessee and I don't know anything about mobile home parks, but I think about the people in my network that I really, I see at a lot of meetups and I get around often and I feel like I know them really well and they love mobile home parks. So how can I get into a mobile home park deal with someone that loves mobile home parks without having to reinvent the wheel and learn everything about mobile home parks. So I'm using it to basically shorten the distance from A to B. Like I could take a bunch of classes, spend a few years learning about it, along with everything else that I'm doing in my real estate business. Yeah. Or I can just say, hey, I found this mobile home park, or I have enough funds to buy this mobile home park, but I want to learn about it. Can we team up on this and buy this in partnership together? And on that one, we actually have an LLC because my business partner and I, both want to provide affordable housing and keep growing an affordable housing portfolio. So it's beyond just being a mobile home park. We're looking at doing other things within that LLC as
0: well. Yeah, that makes sense. So April, let's take a look at someone who might be watching or listening to this episode and perhaps they're a single family home investor. I know you got your start with doing flips and Mm -hmm. I believe you got a lot of experience doing buy and hold as well. So let's take a look at both of those scenarios quickly. So for example, once you kind of figured out what to do and what not to do with business partners, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with the flip business, what did those partnerships look like with those kind of short-term deals? What's the typical kind of a business partnership outside of a joint venture agreement where it's just about the, you know, somebody's putting the money in kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so on some of my flip projects, I mean, I met a guy, I consider him a business partner, but again, there's nothing in writing. We have no LLC together. He's a contractor. He really likes things I don't like. He takes on things that scare me. My risk tolerance isn't high enough for it, like houses that are burned down or half burnt and major rehab projects, structural issues, foundation issues. Things normally I wouldn't touch, so I would let those deals go. And ever since I met him, the first thing he said to me is, I love really bad houses, like structural issues, fire damage, but he doesn't do any marketing on his own to find his own projects. I do a ton of marketing. I have a huge marketing machine. So I'm like, wow, I find projects like that, but I don't make any money on them because I just tell sellers like I can't buy them because I'm not comfortable buying them. Right. So from the time I met him, I was unafraid. I was like, well, now I'm not afraid to buy these projects anymore. So I buy them, I find them, I buy them in my name, I bring the money but he gets paid on the the closing document as a project manager, usually 50% of the profit because from the time we close on it, I don't have anything to do with it. He runs the show from there and then is very competent, doesn't take me overseeing him or anything, calls me when the project is done, we resell the project. He trusts me, I trust him and he's paid his profit on the closing document. So just an example of, I was leaving money on the table before by not doing these deals. And they always say, you know, your network is your net worth. So the more people you meet, I met him and he's comfortable doing these. So I'm like, let's make some money on these things together.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. So either with your own experience or that of your students or, or people that you've worked with, what would be some examples of business partnerships with longer term buy and hold type single family home type deals? What Should people be thinking about when it comes to partners, mm. right? Because you told you, mm-hmm. you said something very wise at the beginning find people that shore up your weaknesses mm-hmm. and partner with those kind of people. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I think for if you're doing longer term buy and hold type stuff, it's bringing in, for example, say I buy a single family home or a two unit and it's 45 minutes to an hour away from me, and right. I it's not really big enough and I don't own enough in that area to have property management make sense on this. But I know someone that owns real estate in that area or wants to get into real estate in that area that's very good at systems and processes and very good at overseeing people. Like I talk to people in conversation, even if they're not in real estate full-time, I always ask them about their job. What do you do in your job now? What is your job like? My business partner, in my flip business, that's how I found her. She was like, oh, I'm really... I go into departments and my job is to rip their systems and processes apart and put them back together again. I was like, I need this girl on my team. Like, <laughs> I race. want the, I want this girl on my team. I, I
0: could use that lady on my team as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, so you just have to listen to what people say, even if they're not in real estate, doesn't matter. So in that example, if we were going into a long-term buy and hold and actually creating an LLC and holding this together, You wanna make sure you're on the same page with first of all, what's gonna happen to this property if if something happens to one of you? Like, do you want it sold? Do you want it passed on to your children? What's the next step if something happens to one of the partners or is the other partner just gonna have full ownership? So you have to be on the same page with that. And then what are their strengths? Maybe they live in that area. They're really good at systems and processes and property management that they can set up self-managed systems. So you're not running to the property all the time. But they might be teaming up with me because the property may be beyond their net worth, like they couldn't qualify for the loan or they didn't find the property. I'm the one that found the property or they need some help with the down money on the property. And then I might have a little more experience. So they might be setting up a self-management system, but able to bounce things off of me and consult with me. So sometimes... It's beneficial and you can grow a big portfolio that way with someone else. Sometimes they might only need you on a couple projects till they figure it all out and nail it all out for themselves. And then they might go off on their own and start buying some things. And I'm fine with that too.
0: That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there. This is Dave Debo and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's book Chat with Dave.com. Right. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, because you've been in business for some time now. I've been around the block a few times. I've had business partnerships and marriages go south. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your tips and advice on? Because it sounds like that first one didn't work out too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your tips and advice for folks getting into their first business partnerships?
1: Yeah, I told someone at a meeting, a mastermind me the other day, I was like, get an attorney that annoys you and scares you when you sit down with the business partner. I will. I would never forget. Some attorneys, you'll sit down and say, hey, I want to start a LLC with this partner. And they'll be like, OK, 50, 50. What do you want? What do they want? Great. They write it down. They hand you the paper back. And I've sat down with attorneys that are like, so you're going to start an LLC with this person? Like, yes. Can you create this LLC? And they're like, first of all, I'm not letting you both have 50% ownership. One of you at least is going to have one percentage more because this thing's going to go south and you're going to get divorced. And you're like, no, we're not. Like, we get along so great. We're the best business partners ever ever. And your attorney's gonna look at you and be like, you need to go to someone else if you want someone else to buy that line of BS because I'm not buying it. And the attorney will sit there and go through every single what if with you. What if your business partner steals from you? What if this happens? What if that happens? He will he or she will say everything negative under the sun that could happen and make you make you put in writing a solution for that in your operating agreement, will make you put it in writing. That is the kind of attorney you want. So you want an attorney that's going to be difficult when you're forming it because that attorney has seen partnerships go really bad. So they're going to protect you right from the beginning. And that is what you want. So everything in writing, even things I couldn't even think of right now and you wouldn't think of when you create a partnership, you want all of it in writing. And I tell people you you have to get to know someone on a level other than what they're good at in real estate. Like, what are their core values? What do they value in life? What do they, how do they spend their free time? What do they do with their family? Like, take them to lunch a couple of times, see how they treat a waiter at a restaurant. Like, things like that, that seem kind of funny to say, but really digging into who they are personally.
0: That's some really, really good insight there, April. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Wish I had wish I had heard that a few times, a long time. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So, where do you find the best place is to find business partners like this? And what advice do you give people when they're thinking about, okay, who should be my first business partner? What should I be focusing on first? Yeah. so, for example, I've got so many areas I'm weak in. Which one should I focus on first?
1: Yeah. I think it depends what direction you want to grow. I mean, if you picture yourself as a fix and flip investor, then I want my business partner to be someone with more experience than me, if I'm new. When I started getting into multifamily and I dipped my toe into syndications, I wanted to be teamed up with people that knew that inside out, upside down and backwards. I didn't want to just partner with anybody. So I think someone that has more experience than you, if you're new and you're just starting out, you really have to be self-reflective about what your weaknesses are and writing those down and then meeting with that person. And you can find out, I feel someone's weaknesses a lot by just talking to them about everyday things, not even just not saying like, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths and weaknesses? I don't even think you have to ask that question and finding someone that balances you and personality tests are actually really good. I'm not, dead set on personality tests because i've personality tested some people and it's i'm like wow that cannot be right um <laughs> based on my conversations with them but i do believe like doing two or three different personality tests on someone as crazy as that sounds gives you a lot of insight into who they are like their Enagram number and everything yeah, yeah so
0: which and, and so I would imagine that you give them access to the results of your personality tests as well.
1: Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I do. And my it's funny, my business partner now, my flip business, we went somewhere and had our personality test done together by a third party. And I sent her mine and she sent me hers because I'm like, I want you to know exactly who I am, what I'm terrible at, you know, what like triggers me and irritates me. And I want to know the same stuff about you. And it was a super in depth test and it worked out really well. And it helps you work together better when you're like digging into each
0: other and who you really are. Very, very cool. So at this point, April, I know you've got a thriving real estate investing business and you're doing a variety of different things. How many different partners do you have per business entity? So for example, you're doing flips, you're mm-hmm. doing, now you're getting into mobile home parks. It sounds like you're doing some syndication. So each one of those is kind of a separate business. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend as, as, you know, your experience of the ideal number of, a, of business partners to have?
1: Yeah. So in my flip business, I have one person I would consider my business partner in that business. But then we do JV and team up with other investors sometimes. Well, Not- and, and,
0: like, and like that that gentleman, that contractor mm-hmm. that takes yep. on like really ugly houses, right? That yep. Would have- Yep.
1: He's like one of our JV partners. Yep.
0: Got it.
1: And then I have an LLC. I have a business partner that I buy mobile home parks and affordable housing projects with. And then I'm looking to actually duplicate that in another market. So my primary market for my flips is Pennsylvania. My one partner's in Tennessee. And now I'm looking to duplicate my partner in Tennessee in North Carolina. So when I went to duplicate, I was like, who do I know that's like my business partner in Tennessee? She is an agent and her husband is a contractor and they can do new builds and everything. So I look for that combination when I'm going into a market that is not my home market. Cause I can't be there to look mm-hmm. at houses. I'm doing it from a distance. So what's important to me is that I have someone in partnership that is really good at looking at houses, like a contractor or someone in construction, something like that. And I have that person now in the next state that I want to go into. So I'm hoping that will be another LLC in a partnership. I'm not huge on taking on a bunch of partners and forming a ton of LCs. I mean, everybody moves at a different pace and I have kind of a low risk tolerance, but the more hands in the pot, I feel like the more complicated things yeah, and the skinnier yeah. it
0: gets, the skinnier yes. it gets, right? There's too yes. many. Yes, absolutely. Dividing the pie Especially
1: when you have so many people in one LLC or one project. Sometimes people come to me like, me and seven of my friends want to form an LLC and flip houses. I'm like, terrible idea. Don't do it. Terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. Like, Run the other way, shut this down right now. Sometimes people listen to me, sometimes they don't, and they come back six months later and they're like, we should have listened should've to you. Listened that to was the w- That's happened to me three times now, Or people yeah. are like, me and seven of my sisters are gonna form an LLC. And I'm like, it's horrible. That's a horrible idea. It's too many hands in the pot. Like yeah. you need just like one person taking charge and other people can be involved to learn, but having them officially on the LLC, you have to know who the decision maker is.
0: Yeah, yeah. that 51%.
1: Keeper. Yes. That's yeah. Cool. The whole 5149 thing is a lifesaver.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. April is the name. We could talk about this for a long time. Unfortunately, time's up. So if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to. I know you've got websites. You've got a thriving YouTube channel. Where yeah. should people go?
1: Uh, my YouTube channel is April Crosley And then my website is aprilcrosley.us.
0: That's pretty easy, and we'll have those in the show notes as well. April, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book,